Hi, I'm Christelle, founder and creator of She Financial Coaching. This is an initiative I've put together to bring a positive in financial awareness to everyday subjects that just aren't discussed enough. I want to normalize real financial challenges that happen in everyday life. I'm bringing you my 16 years working in corporate finance and putting all of my experience together to create realistic programs to lead, motivate and inspire women of all financial backgrounds. If you're ready to learn some financial life skills and create a healthy relationship with money, you're in the right place. Thank you so much for stopping by. Let's go see what our topic of conversation is today. Hello, thank you so much for stopping by. Today, I'm going to have a chat about credit cards and the various types of payments that are due in a billing cycle. Now, this is going to be just a quick disclaimer that every bank is different. Every card type is different. Every time you enter into a new credit contract with your institution, they're going to have their own term and conditions attached. The information I'm discussing today is a part of my fine line of credit program. And this particular program is an entry-level program that's really designed for those starting a financial journey or those that are getting into the ages of 18 plus that are wanting to learn more about financial accountabilities. This is just an entry-level program that breaks down in financially friendly terms the various types of repayments, terms, conditions, accountabilities. If you take out a line of credit, what does that mean for you that you have to pay back? And what is the long-term goal here? And if you lose touch with that goal and that path that you're on, what could that mean for you if things financially change? So I've taken a little bit out of that program to talk to you today about credit cards and the payments that are due. And like I said, this is a part of an entry-level program and it's not specific advice with regards to every credit card type that there is. So please just preference and keep that in mind. As well as the examples I give are examples only. But again, you're going to understand that there are more than one payment type by the end of the podcast and that what happens if you do one over the other. So let's go ahead and have a chat now. And when I'm actually facilitating this program, I break down three areas. Now, the first one is the minimum payment due. The second one is going to be the statement balance due. And finally, the outstanding balance payable in full. So the most common one out of those three is usually the minimum payment, or sometimes people will pay a little bit more than the minimum payment. And it's good to know that if you pay more than the minimum payment, that's great. It's going to help in every dollar counts. But unless you're actually doing one of those three, it's going to really determine what the outcome of the next billing cycle is going to be. So when you have a credit card, we need to sort of think in advance. We're going to use the example of the fifth of every given month. So in my billing statement, I can see that this billing statement has charged me from the fifth of the previous month to the fifth of the current month, which means that as of the sixth, my billing cycle is starting and anything I spend, all of the fees, the interest, the charges, everything accumulates thereafter. So let's break them down one by one, starting off with the minimum payment due. And exactly as it sounds, that's the minimum amount that the bank is requesting that you pay in order to suffice that billing period that you have made a contribution only. And it's important to capture that. It's a contribution only. Now, the minimum payment, give or take, is usually between one to four and a half percent of the overall balance that you owe. 
Again, preferencing that all cards are different and all institutions have their own fees, charges, terms and conditions. But on average, the most credit cards that we have in Australia, between one and four and a half percent is what your minimum payment due is going to reflect of the overall balance payable. Now, to further extend on this example, if our minimum payment due was $300, out of that $300, if we broke that down, it's most likely going to reflect $250 to interest and $50 to the balance. And this is where the bank makes the most money. The minimum payment due is the one that the banks capitalize on because they know that if they set that low amount due and payable every month, and if you just make that low amount payable, that it can take between 10 and 25 years to pay off that credit card. Institutions will break down as well in the fine print on that statement. If the minimum amount is paid, this is how long it will take to pay off. In my years working in financial services, the longest I've seen is somebody was going to be expecting to pay that credit card for 42 years. And the reason being is because they were living all of their expenses day to day on the credit card. And at the end of the month, when they, because they had an income monthly cycle, they would pay back, not the minimum, but they would pay back most that they could, if not the statement balance due. But because it was always exceeding the interest that was being charged, they were never getting ahead. So we need to keep in mind that if we're paying the minimum payment due, that that is setting us up for a very long relationship with that credit card and that interest is going to surpass and that that interest that is surpassing what we're trying to get on top of becomes quite challenging to maintain. The second type is the statement balance due. When you have a statement balance due, it actually captures everything within that billing cycle. So let's again reflect on the fifth to the fifth of the current month. So anything that was debited from that credit card or charged to that credit card, the fees, the interest, any of those terms and conditions that are financially attached to that credit card are going to be billed within that cycle. So let's just say that as a consumer, I went and spent $500 on my credit card. In that period of time, I spent $500 and out of that 500, there was an extra 100 added for fees and charges that were attached to that credit card type. That would then see that my statement balance due is $600. Now, if I were to pay that full amount of $600, what that does is it essentially wipes out that I've paid off what I've spent that month, including of the interest payable. I always encourage my clients that if you have a statement balance due, as an example of 600, go ahead and add another $60 just for a 10% buffer. So if you were to pay 660 as an example, you might be in credit for that statement period due. You're not going to be paying the credit card off, but you might be a little bit ahead. So just in case something doesn't recede or if it's a 30-day instead of a 31-day billing cycle, whatever it may be, you're just giving yourself a little bit of extra security either way. The statement balance due is one that is commonly done by consumers because when you're living on your credit card, meaning that when you're out and about and you're constantly tapping, 
you look at your credit card statement and then from your income, you just do a one-off transfer to cover everything. This is also really widely used for people who capitalize on, you know, privileges and incentives that are attached to their credit cards. So again, the, the paying the statement balance due is somewhat of a luxury to some people because if you are living on your credit card day in and day out, we have to ensure that we also instill that discipline to pay it back within the statement period so we don't actually carry it forward. As soon as you carry that statement balance forward into the next cycle, you are now going to be charged interest on that amount plus any new charges payable. So it's really important to remember that. And finally, we have the outstanding balance, which speaks for itself, and that's the card itself, the total balance owing to that credit card. If you were to pay the total balance owing to that credit card, it draws it down to zero dollars and the account is paid. Now, a lot of people who are on a financial journey will start out at phase one, working towards phase two and getting to phase three as the ultimate goal. And if you use your credit card, because credit card is not always bad debt. And this is a bit of a controversial conversation in the finance world, but we have to open our minds that not all debt is bad. Sometimes we need a security buffer just in case something happens and our emergency funds are taken or if we have a a, a sudden change of financial income or you lose a job or something happens unexpectedly and you don't have the savings to account for that, credit cards can be a bit of a savior, a bit of breathing space and an extra point of security in uncertain, uncertain times. Now, again, paying the outstanding balance is something that can be seen as a privilege and as a goal achieved and it's amazing. Going from phase two to phase three is what you want to work towards so that if you do spend anything on your credit card, that you have the outstanding balance available for due and payment in full by the end of the billing cycle. So a lot of people will say to me, Christelle, which one is better? And my answer will always remain the same. And that is whatever is financially best for you in your financial environment. Because if you can only pay the minimum amount due one month, pay it because it's better than not paying anything at all. If you're in a position to be able to pay the statement, the amount that you've used in that statement period, amazing, pay it. And if you have got yourself to a position where you can pay it off in full, amazing. Now, again, I'm not soliciting advice because you need to also have a look at your total income and expenses here. Understanding your financial position will allow you to be able to determine in that payment cycle that you're in, what can I pay this month? Can I pay the minimum, the statement balance or the full balance? One thing that's not a negotiable is not paying anything at all. If you don't pay at least the minimum payment due, this is where other recoveries come into place. Your CCR, which is your comprehensive credit reporting, will also be impacted. And further from there, your credit score. So it is important to remember that those three payment due types are quite important and we must be adhering to at least one of them every month. Another thing that I like to reflect on with my clients that I coach through financial coaching, and this is not just for credit card, this is with any 
bill that's due and payable is that if your bill is due and payable, and we'll use the credit card for this example of topic, is due on the 5th. So your, your statement cycle is gone and it says your minimum payment or your statement balance or your full balance, whichever you're doing is due by the 5th of that month. You want to aim to have it paid at least no later than the 2nd. And the reason being is you want to have three working days availability to be able to transfer and have those funds reseated. In many types of institutions, they will see on credit cards as pending. So that is pending credit to the account or pending a debit. So it's very mindful that when you're using a credit card, that whilst it will show on your statement that you've tapped or you've swiped or there's been an expense that's been debited, a lot of the times it can come up as pending. And this is another area that our banks catch us is that we tap and we tap and we tap. And then when you look and you think, oh, I've still got X amount of dollars that I can do. Yep, I'm going to go tap again. Not realizing that those payments are still pending to the balance, you can reach your credit threshold, that limit. Speaking about the limits, I do often get asked, well, you know, my, my credit cards are maxed out. What does this mean? And I go through this when I'm talking about comprehensive credit reporting in another program, as well as fine line of credits and comprehensive credit reporting is reporting on your financial position. And a lot of people don't know their financial position and our credit bureaus know our financial position better than us. If you are maximizing your credit cards, they're going to draw your credit score down. They usually say not to have more than 70% of your credit card maxed out at any given time and to make sure that the bank can regularly see that you're making payments. So what are some of the good ideas in maintaining credit card repayments? Well, let's recap. We're going to choose one of the three types that we're able to do. And when we've chosen which that may be, we're going to pay it at least three working days in advance. And when you've done that, you've cleared yourself that that payment is clearing before the due statement date. Outside of that, we're going to aim to be able to pay as regularly as we can. You can pay anywhere up until the three days due, but you can also do an any day payment. What an any day payment is, is you might think this month I'm able to put $500 towards my credit card. And in doing so, I'm going to pay $100 this week, $300 next week, and $100 the week later. So over a period of three weeks, you've paid that $500, which is amazing. But again, the key here is to make sure that you pay it well within the due date payable. We're also going to aim, like I said, to not try and go over 70% of the limit. So keeping that buffer of 30% allows the credit bureau to know that you're not maxing out the credit card, that you're making regular repayments. And if depending on which payment method you're doing, you're actually drawing the balance down at the same time. And just to final sort of recap here, your credit card can become very easy to spiral out of control if we don't understand A, the billing cycle, the payments that are due, and the thresholds of our credit card limit that we're trying to work towards. If you're currently working with a credit card of yours that is really maxed out or just a capacity to be maxed out, or you're paying the minimum amount thinking that you know it's not going to get to the maxed out limit because you're still making a payment every month, 
there's a little bit more to research about that credit card type. And I hope today in this conversation, breaking down those payment dues and also having a look at those key tips about when to make your due payment, along with where you would like to keep that threshold. If you're not in a position to pay the outstanding balance in full, trying to bring that balance down so that it doesn't go over a 70% limit to the credit card is something that the credit bureau will see that you're able to maintain that credit card expense and obligation and accountability in a healthy way. But our number one goal is always to bring it down to zero. And that outstanding balance is an amazing financial goal to achieve. And if you are one of the amazing, amazing few that have met that goal, keep in mind that when you do spend, you don't want to go back to step one. You want to keep it at the statement balance due or the outstanding balance payable in full. I hope this has been helpful and you've enjoyed this conversation today. If you'd like to connect further at She Financial Coaching, you can do so with the same name by having a look in Facebook or also over on Instagram. I am more active on Instagram and I love connecting with my audience from the podcast. So thank you so much who have reached out. I love hearing from you guys. And a few said, oh, we haven't had a podcast in a while. Where have you been? I did take a little bit of time off. I am getting back into things now. Just was focusing on health and well-being as we all should and financial well-being is one of those as well. But uh, yes, I did enjoy a bit of a rest and I'm now back into my routine. So I look forward to bringing you more podcasts very soon. And until then, as I always say, who is she? She is you. Just before we wrap up, ladies, I want to give a gentle reminder that content discussed in the She Financial Coaching platform is intended for financial literacy and awareness purposes only. If content in my platform resonates with you in any way and you choose to bring that into your own financial environment, that it's your own choice in doing so, which is great because it shows that you're gaining financial confidence and that's exactly what this platform is about. However, if you are looking for individual or specific financial related advice or would like to know more about financial counselling services, I invite you to contact the Australian Debt Helpline on 1800 007 007.